After categorically dismissing the Kyoto Protocol last year, more than a few eyebrows were raised when the Bush administration unveiled a global warming plan of its own. The Bush plan differs somewhat from the floundering global agreement in that it seeks to make the entire planet into a smoldering fire pit. The Bush global warming plan will begin to superheat the world first by detonating all nuclear weapons in our oceans. Then, through a combination of giant oil fires, torching of forests and third-world dwellings, and a new Homeland Inferno project, the world's average surface temperature should approach 350 degrees by as early as this spring. The new super-hot climate will make outdoor cookouts affordable, accessible, and simple for everyone. Mr. Bush stated that he envisions, quote, a world where every nation has that great backyard barbecue smell, unquote. And while Mr. Bush's ambitious plan has its share of detractors, few can resist the allure of a sizzling Texas barbecue and a hickory smoke-flavored planet. The Bush administration has found a new ally in the war on terror. From a mo- Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> no? Nope. <laughs> it's getting hot enough. It's getting hot in here. Are you ready for the end of the world? You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! 
and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we're kind of live. Yeah, I got alive. <laughs> and bringing you news from all over the world. Yes. Let's start by focusing on some of the key things that happened this week. Yeah, there's been a lot of big things that happened this week. Uh, I wanted to mention something about DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, and the Supreme Court decision about it. Uh, that happened. You've, if you've been awake for any time in the past week, you've probably heard about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, basically, you know, Defense of Marriage Act was trying to stop federal recognition of uh, same-sex marriages, and they decided that you can't do that. So at least on the federal level, they are starting to recognize same-sex marriages. Now, they still left it so that states on the state level are going to still have to fight it out. But uh, So anybody who has love can get married if they yeah, want. Yeah, people who love each other can get married. It's a radical idea, I know. At people the same who love time, each other getting married. <laughs> at the same time, they struck down people who want to vote Yeah, can't vote. Yeah, I have this theory that maybe they can only let so many people have so many rights at the same time. Like they're given somebody a little more rights, so they take away someone else's rights, you know. Because, <laughs> yeah, the Voting Rights Act, uh, uh, back in the 1960s, they passed that because there were still, you know, massive structural discriminations against people based on race. And so they said, you know, particular states that had a history of that had to, any time they passed changes to their voting process, they had to go through a federal approval to be sure they weren't cheating out the voters. So they said, no. I mean, there are quotes from the decision where they're basically saying, like, oh, no, it's it's not a problem anymore. Racism's over, you know. Uh, but that's not my perception of the situation. Isn't that racist to actually say, hey, I'm a white person and says racist o- racism's over? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yeah. We, so, we were able to fix the problem in not even one generation. Yeah, we fixed it one generation. It's done, so... Apparently, no one's getting discriminated against. There you go. But then it's interesting to me that as soon as that passed, right away, states that were affected by it started implementing changes to their voting systems. So it's kind of like they had this plan, like, as soon as we can get away with it, we're going to redistrict everything so that minorities are not able to have their own districts. Oh, they just like they had all of it prepared and ready. Yeah, I don't know if they've passed anything yet, but I have heard that within 24 to 48 hours after the decision, they already started discussing and mobilizing how they're going to change in response to the decision. So people don't get to vote anymore. Well, should we also limit how long politicians could be in? (laughs) We could do that. I I heard that they're trying to base uh, teachers' salaries on how well their students do. Mm-hmm. So how about we base politicians' time in office and how much they get paid based on how much they actually do that they say they'll do. Yeah, <laughs> how much they keep their promises and how much they actually help their people. So it's like, well, you said you would do all this and you did 40% of it, you get paid 40% of your salary. <laughs> yeah. I think under that kind of system, a lot of politicians wouldn't even make it out of the trial hiring period. (laughs) (laughs) So, is it getting hot? Maybe. It feels a little hot. Well, today is actually a little cooler than yesterday, but in general, it's getting hot. And uh, as as I mentioned last week, Orr was out of town. Orr was over at the Midwest Renewable Energy Fest. So, uh, maybe you can talk about that in a little bit. 
or we could talk about that now or then we could get to the climate well it was it's the the midwest renewable energy fair is the biggest fair in the world for do-it-yourselfers you know hundreds and hundreds of workshops and i went up there and taught a workshop on how to live off grid so and then i was um hawking my um solar installation and design dvd Hmm. so yeah um and i got to take workshops myself i got to take on the national electric code and the latest and the greatest so you know i can stay up on my stuff and i also have to do continuing education for my national certification so yeah i i was able to basically um reconnect with all my peers from all over the world so that was phenomenal so yeah and there was a little bit of partying i can't deny <laughs> that that doesn't happen yeah well you want to get together 20,000 people or however many who are enthusiastic about the environment yeah uh, they got to celebrate at some point yep the world's renewable energy and sustainable living fair so yes there are people actually taking action to do something about the climate <laughs> well, it's like um so Obama did give his speech. He gave a speech, but do you realize that he gave not something so detailed, but he gave a speech, you know, in the State of the Union that said he would do this, 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 and this. Yeah. So um, he keeps he keeps getting me. You know, he gives part of the speech, and I'll get impressed, and then he starts talking about the details, and you I realize get less that no major cable network showed this speech. Yeah. That some of them reran it. But they didn't show it live. The only one that showed it, the Weather Channel. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like they kind of know about the weather. So yeah, it's pretty interesting that nobody took him seriously on this. Hmm. Um, now, one of the things that Obama did in his uh, plan to uh, tackle climate change. Now, one of the things people have been saying is this is a war on coal. Hmm. Now, coal is a war on society. <laughs> So, um, if society fights back, I would kind of say that might be a war on coal. <laughs> but it's not, you know, saying let's attack coal. It's saying let's survive. Yeah, self-defense. <laughs> it's, <just like, laughs> so. it's an act of self-defense to not let the climate be destroyed. Yep. So, um, I did like this quote by Obama. He said that we don't have time for a meeting of the Flat Earth Society. <laughs> so he's not going to waste a bunch of time trying to argue that climate change is happening. I mean, the science is clear. It's happening. So he only spent like a little bit talking about that. Now, there, there is uh, only it's detailed in a two page outline. If you would like to receive a copy of that, please email us info at your community spirit. Org. Some of the key components of the plan aimed at reducing U.S. emissions is directs the EPA to issue draft emission rules for existing power plants by June 2014 to be finalized by June 2015. And ask the EPA to, on finalizing rules for new power plants it, that the agency issued in March of 2012. And it doesn't appear that there's a due date for that, but... So they've got some new power plant rules yeah. coming in place for these new power plants that have been accepted to be built, but there's no deadline. <laughs> <laughs> and he pledges 20% renewables for the federal government by 2020. Now, 
in his State of the Union, he said 80% by 2020. <laughs> He's backpedaling a little bit. <laughs> Just See, like, you've got a memory. He doesn't, politicians all want you to have a memory. They, well, I remember it because <laughs> the news called me. Oh, uh, yeah. They, um, they actually sent me an email about this, but I didn't respond in time to get quoted in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was just like, well, give me a call next time. I have a better chance of answering the phone. But they called me and said, what do you think of Obama's plan to do 20, you know, by 2020? <laughs> Maybe it's 2025. Okay. And, but I remember the 80% because I distinctly said, with all the policies in place now, there's no possibility. Mm, yeah. And the headline of the Southern Illinoisan said, local expert agrees with Obama. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I remember the 80%. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I said, you know, anything, theoretically anything's possible, but. Yeah. <laughs> so they took the first part and <laughs> forgot the butt part. They forgot the butt. <laughs> um, Let's see. Sets a goal of cutting at least 3 billion tons of carbon pollution by 2030 in improvements in energy efficiency standards. Now, most of this stuff is already in place. Yeah. You know, um, it's basically none of it's mandatory. And most of the stuff that they are talking about here actually save money. Yeah. Energy efficiency, um better miles per gallon on vehicles, et cetera, et cetera. Most of this stuff ha- is already in place, but now, you know, the government is backing the programs. So that gives it more of a legitimacy, right? Mm, yeah. So, but the, the fact that um, they are going to implement stuff for coal plants, that is new. Yeah, that is new. Um, now, again, it doesn't really say... Um, any specifics because, well, government does not set things in specific. <laughs> yeah, well, they're so. still working out the details. He's, he's not going to say anything too specific in this kind of plan. But Now, uh, two renewable energy things sets a goal of additional 10 gigawatts of renewable energy on public lands by 2020. That's very controversial because that's talking about building projects on national property like, well, forests. Can you imagine them wanting to put up a renewable energy uh, facility inside the Shining National Forest? Now, West, that's happening. They're like, oh, it's just desert. We can just go and build a big project and tear up the desert. And so that is controversial. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, Obama may have energy projects in mind for the Shawnee, but I don't think it's going to be renewables. (laughs) If you look at this next article. uh, Um, Sets a goal of putting 100 megawatts of renewable energy on federally subsidized housing by 2020. So that's good. Yeah. That's what he did mention. I was impressed by a lot of the stuff he did mention. He mentioned a lot about renewables, a lot about trying to keep coal power in check. Uh, and calls for, this is a big one, calls for an end to U.S. funded for fossil fuel energy projects overseas unless they include carbon capture technology. Hmm. <laughs> Which there's only like one technology that does that. <laughs> so um, basically s- saying we will no longer fund, you know, non-renewable energy projects out of the U.S. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if he sticks to that. Yep. So. One thing he did mention that really caught my attention uh, was this next story. 
Obama Climate Plan, a full-throttle fracking endorsement. Now, he, he, during the speech, he talked about his plan, his climate action plan, and he had a few quotes about domestic oil, though, too. He said, now, even as we're producing more domestic oil, we're also burning more clean-burning natural gas than any country on Earth. And again, sometimes there are disputes about natural gas, but we should strengthen our position as the top natural gas producer. Because in the medium term, at least, it can provide not only safe, cheap power, but it can only help to reduce our carbon emissions. I tried not to laugh during that. So, yeah, he's basically, he came out very strong in favor of not just having natural gas, but expanding natural gas. And just as he was talking about leadership in renewables, he was also saying leadership in getting the world to adopt uh, natural gas as well. Well, it also came out... um for the illusionary clean coal carbon capture and storage technology. Yeah. Which so far there is none that, well, there is none that's actually been done. Yeah. You know, either on the clean coal or on the carbon capture. So, but the thing is, is like I like to say, there's no silver bullet, there's silver buckshot. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if the thing is, is it's really hard to stop cold turkey. Now, some countries have. I mean, a country like Germany who has, like, next to no sun can get 40% of their energy from renewable energy is phenomenal. (laughs) And they just did a government switch, a government shift in policy and decided they were going to clean up their act. Yeah, the world was there, so they cleaned up their act. You know. Um, One reason I wanted to mention this article, though, is because he... He talked about fracking natural gas as a bridge to a sustainable economy. But uh, the evidence indicates that fracked gas is actually dirtier than coal because of the methane released. And part of what caught my attention is he did mention methane, so he knows that the methane release is a problem, but there isn't currently a method of dealing with that problem. So to say that that fracking is a cleaner... I mean, not, this is not even to mention the water pollution, the radiation all of the problems for people here in southern Illinois if fracking goes forward. Just purely on a yeah, climate level. but that level, doesn't affect the people who use the energy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't affect the people who use the energy. What will affect the people who use the energy is the whole climate change issue, that if it's releasing all this methane, then it doesn't matter how clean burning it is at the source of combustion. If you're putting all this methane in the air, there goes the climate. I mean, literally, here's the quote in the fact sheet. Quote, We have a moral obligation to leave our children a planet that's not polluted or damaged. And by taking an all-of-the-above approach to develop homegrown energy and steady, responsible steps to cut carbon pollution, as we protect our kids' health and begin to slow the effects of climate change so we leave a cleaner, more stable environment for future generations, end Mm. quote. Yeah. Now, that really sounds phenomenal. Yeah, that quote is a good quote. He also said another thing, too, when we mentioned Keystone XL, too. He said this principle of if this creates a negative impact on our carbon emissions, then we should not do it. That's a good principle. But when you get down to these details of, oh, let's frack, let's do this, let's do that, it's just he's not really living up to that quote there. Yeah, I mean, the the simple fact that fracking, the premise is false. It does pollute. Yeah. When measured in its entirety life cycle, as Cornell University researchers found, frac gas is actually dirtier than coal, and it's a bridge to nowhere, you know. Yeah. But 
It's not a bridge, it's a gangplank. Yeah. <laughs> I like that quote. I mean, literally, if we talked about fracking as a domestic power source for homeland security, I would agree with them. Okay? We are easing off our addiction to other sources of energy outside the country. But to, to hype it up as a clean fuel, okay, the natural gas might be clean, but the process of getting it is not. It's dirty, dirty, dirty. Dirty. <laughs> um, it's pretty interesting. One of the... There's information here about Gasland director Josh Fox. He yeah. was actually the keynote speaker at the Energy Fair. And um, he was very inspirational, at the same time scaring the living <laughs> everything out of people. Yeah. Was, I don't know how people, you know, that's, I guess, the point of an inspirational speaker. They just scare the living daylights out of you and then give you a little kernel of hope. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, something to do about it. It's like, um, now, the Obama climate plan, plan also does fully endorse T-Bone Pickens' uh, plan, which helping create a domestic market for natural gas vehicles, particularly for 18-wheelers. Now, I just got back from a month in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, messed up lungs. Normally when I go into a big city, I start hacking. Mm-hmm. Just so much pollution in the air, so much particles. Now, I was, I, I spent the whole month in one small state, rural state. But I did uh, spend a couple days in Rio and a couple days in Sao Paulo. And in neither city was I hacking. Um, the majority of it is, at least in Sao Paulo... Yes, you can go to the gas pump and you can get gasoline, you can get 100% ethanol, you can get diesel, which is only used in very, very old trucks now, or you can get 100% biodiesel, or you can get natural gas. Now, the natural gas is primarily used in fleet vehicles, you know, people who have set routes and stuff like that. Um, But the average person... If they have a gas vehicle, puts 100% ethanol. If they have a truck, they put 100% biodiesel. Both of them, you could tell a truck driving down the road that had diesel in it because it had black smoke coming out of it. Biodiesel, I mean, I was in a traffic jam once, and people were, most of the trucks had to stay running to be able to, you know, they refrigerated trucks. Yeah. So they had to keep them running to stay cool. And so you could just walk up and down this line of trucks, and there was like, it wasn't like the the you know the biodiesel in the U.S. that um, people make out of French fry oil that smells phenomenal. It was just neutral. Hmm. It didn't. I mean, there was like a little whiff of um, something carbon, you know that. Uh, um, but it wasn't like you know I stuck my face in the thing. But you know, walking up and down this row of vehicles, and um, ethanol, you don't get as many miles per gallon, but you definitely have power. And I could tell they had these little teeny vehicles, but like ethanol is like 105 octane. So, you know, these little teeny vehicles had a lot of power. It's just like, and I took me a while to realize, hey, <laughs> it's ethanol. <laughs> so, um, just an idea i mean there they make um you know their ethanol off of um corn uh no sugar cane 
So, like, people grow sugarcane and they have, like, the good quality that they use to make products. And then they have the bad quality that just goes directly to make fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have the middle quality that's used to make alcohol, the national drink. <laughs> yeah. Yep, sugarcane. Um, slightly um, more eye-watering than Everclear. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we could get to some of these other headlines while we've still got time. We're almost to our half-hour point. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, yeah, I mentioned this one. Obama says he will only okay Keystone if it significantly, if it does not significantly increase CO2. But there's a lot of wiggle room there. People are saying, will it, will it not increase CO2? I mean, to me, it seems kind of obvious you create an easy tar sands pipeline that's going to increase the harvesting of tar sands. But people are debating. So that's still sort of a question mark. But he did mention it, which people didn't expect him to. On the other side of the fence, Republicans say Obama's climate plan is a war on America. By announcing that his administration will tackle climate change by curbing power plant emissions, Barack Obama isn't just waging a war on coal, (laughs) he's waging a war on the United States of frickin' America. We know that because the Republicans told us so. From the Seattle Post-Intelligencer, leading Republicans were using phrases like anti-American and war on American energy to describe President Obama's new plan to, to combat climate change escalating the rhetoric even before his actual speech outlining his program. (laughs) Quote, President Obama's anti-American energy plan will increase the price of energy and hurt job creation, said Michelle Bachman from Minnesota. Well, actually, she tweeted it. (laughs) People don't talk anymore. They tweet. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... um, she, is, of course, is a longtime climate change denier who has defended the premise of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Hmm. Now, it isn't just the Republicans. Democrat West Virginia Senator Joe Mechkin, he of the notorious shoot the cap and trade bill ad, is also escalating the rhetoric. Um, now, of course, he happened to earn millions from a coal brokerage he used to help run. Yeah. So... Um, I'm sure that didn't influence him at all. (laughs) Now, he went on immediately after Obama's speech onto Fox News to slam uh, Obama's renewed push to take action on climate change. Now, um, I don't think... Again, none of the cable networks actually carried the speech. Yeah, they just just went and commented on it and made fun of it. (laughs) So... Yeah, so... Yeah. See, War on America, you know, that's like... Basically, they're looking at seeing that this is going to... uh, The continued use of fossil fuels is going to hurt the American people, but stopping it is going to hurt the coal industry. So they see that, and they side with the coal industry and say, you can't attack the coal industry, that's a war on America. Well, I mean, you know, the biggest premise is America, we are based on cheap energy. Yeah. And that was the whole premise. That's why, you know, we had the Industrial Revolution and then we have the interstate system. And our whole our whole society is based on cheap energy. I mean, the ability to transport things from one side of the country to the other, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing is grown or produced locally. It's transported all over the world based on cheap energy. Yeah. Now, we are the only country in the world 
who heavily, heavily, heavily subsidizes energy to create the premise of cheap energy. Yeah. Now, that premise of cheap energy is not keeping industrial jobs in the country. No, it's... It's not keep making it so that people can afford, you know, good things anymore. So the premise is dead. And so we need to ease off our subsidizing of cheap energy and go to a clean energy economy. I mean, yeah, it's... a sustainable economy because this isn't sustainable. I mean, you know, even if you don't believe the environmental effects, just it's going to run out. <laughs> you know, why not build an economy on sustainable methods of energy generation? Now, why are the critics coming out so strongly against this? Well, part of it is the whole um, the whole rhetoric does not resonate with the American people. So they have to come out in as extreme as possible to yeah. try to resonate with some people. Yeah, they're starting to realize that just saying he's waging a war on coal isn't going to get everybody mad. But saying he's waging a war on America, they'll say, oh, wait, what? He's going <laughs> to attack us? <laughs> they, they're really being inflammatory. There. Now, obviously, the president is not waging a war on his own country. Um, now, this happens pretty much any time a program comes out that targets a, a, a single industry. Yeah. They're saying that this will stop jobs. Yeah. That was one thing I actually uh, agreed with Obama on, that, you know, he said that, you know, when we took, when we passed the Clean Air Act, they said it would kill the economy, and it didn't. You know, when we passed the Clean Water Act, they said it and it didn't. You know, they keep saying these doomsday statements of like, oh, we can never survive without this aspect of the economy. And that's, a, that's an insult to our ingenuity and our ability to find other ways to live. And, yeah, I mean, we as a country need to diversify our energy portfolio. That's the simple fact. We do not have to keep all of our energy in, you know, one thing, coal. Yeah. I mean. And the science says that, you know, we just, like, these fossil, all these fossil fuels, we can't get them out of the ground without extremely damaging the climate. Well, I want to know if, what would happen to the, just the coal industry if we quit subsidizing fossil fuel? <laughs> yeah. If we, if fossil fuel costs what it costs anywhere else in the world, almost twice as much. Yeah. If fossil fuel ha had that happen, the price of coal would double yeah. because the ability to take it out of the ground and transport it across country would double. Yeah. And so um, just that simple fact, let alone any other fact of the pollution and the, you know, the ability to put um, a tax on the fact that you're polluting us. I mean, um, cheap energy was a necessary evil. But we no longer have the need for that cheap energy for the reason we had it before, which was industry. Yeah, and we no longer have the luxury of a, a buffer in the carbon dioxide content. You know, at the dawn of the Industrial Revolution, you know, a little bit of carbon in the atmosphere, it could have been bioremediated, but now we're putting way too much in the atmosphere. Well, it's the highest it's been in millions of years. Do we have any good things to talk about? We do. Uh, it's like one in four rush hour vehicles in <laughs> London is a bicycle. Yeah. That's a good one. That is good news. I like you can get you can get to work faster on a bicycle. That's the truth. Anywhere yeah. in Carbondale. Especially because, can... you know, people don't necessarily even think of London as a bicycle city, but the one in four commuters is a bicycle a bicyclist, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Sorry. Um anything we want to throw in, we have 
we're already over pretty much. Let's see. Today is. Um, yeah, we've got. Let's see. We could say it's uh, air conditioning appreciation day, <laughs> but it's also Wednesday is complimentary mirror day. So yeah. And then there's this great holiday coming up called Independence Day. Yeah, Independence so, Day, Fourth of July. There's also Independence for Meat Day, and um, the anniversary of America the Beautiful song published. Yeah, they published it on the Fourth of July. <laughs> or did they just pick the 4th of July as the day to be the anniversary? <laughs> yeah, they they may have... I'm not sure. They, it says <laughs> published, so they may have actually published it that day, but I'm sure that's why they picked that day. Or maybe they picked the 4th of July because the song was published on that day. So, <laughs> All right, let's... Anything we want to highlight about happenings? Yeah, they left last Friday night fair until the break. They're going on break for uh, in July, but they've got one more tonight. Uh, that's coming up at 6 o'clock at the Town Square Pavilion. Also, open mic night over at Guy House at 7 p.m. tonight, 913 South Illinois. Two Carbondale Farmer's Markets, one on each side of town, Saturday morning. And let's see. If you would like to receive our newsletter, please email us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. We were not allowed to talk, or not allowed. We didn't have the time <laughs> yeah. to talk and highlight everything. Um, please listen to us online at yourcommunityspirit.org. We will be back on the radio yes. next week. In the meantime, enjoy nature. It's yes. time to go swimming, get out in the woods. Be happy. Be happy. Enjoy it out there.